Thank you for joining us here at BLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. And here is Pastor Gary Tony. I know that uh, you you probably got spoiled a little bit last week with the uh, wonderful weather, didn't you? Because, you know, we don't, I don't know about you all, uh, I don't like the cold. <laughs> Somebody said, amen, you do like it? Or is that like, no, I rebuke you. <laughs> no, uh, I don't like it even a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's happening, <laughs> whether you like it or not, right? Today, uh, obviously, is... Uh, one of my special favorite days that we gather as a church family when we get this privilege of celebrating together as we have family members that are baptized today that uh, become part of, you know, going public and boldly declaring their faith. You know, and the other thing is about today is it is also Communion Sunday. Here's the thing I love about this day. Not only do we get to celebrate when we have loved ones that, that take this step of faith, but we get to do it gathered around the Lord's table. Here's the thing that communion does for me that I'm hoping I can maybe inspire in you a little this morning is this. Communion takes me back. How many of you remember your day? Two, two of you? Okay. <laughs> there you go, Bree. <clears throat> Listen, this is Tracy and my, it is our, what did you tell me this morning, 30? This is our 30th anniversary that we, not marriage, born again. Yeah. Yeah, we met Jesus. Now, I met Jesus a week before Tracy. You all know our story. She was at Keeneland partying, and I was, at the, I was going to church because a co-worker of mine lied to me. He said, did somebody manipulate you to church? Don't think you ain't ever tried it. I know some of y'all have manipulated. Yeah, but it worked. And on that day in October, I gave my life to Jesus. And then the next week, Tracy followed, and the Lord had this wonderful plan for us that is still unfolding today. But it started uh, on that day in October, and this is the thing I love about communion. If you'll unhook for just a minute, that's all this is today, because in and of itself, you know, it's just some grape juice that you wouldn't even buy to put in your refrigerator. And it's a cracker that you would never eat, right? Right? But today, it takes on the representation of something eternal. It is one of the most beautiful things, one of the most spiritual things that you and I can do as believers. And we get to do it in the presence of God and celebrate today as we watch our friends and family members. You see, the bottom line is we honor Christ when we do this. It is our baptism is this bold testimony. It lets humanity know as well of all the hosts of the unseen world that we belong to Jesus. It's really a pretty cool thing. The struggle with us is so often we get consumed with humanity. The cares of life 
everything that we face, the challenges of success and career, all of those things that we struggle with, not to mention the difficulties the enemy will present. We do live in a fallen world and there are bad things going on. Yeah? But in the face of all of those things, God will be right there with you. See, I want you to realize that what takes place in the tank, what takes place with that simple little element is that it boldly declares that our new life in Jesus is, is all his doing. Understand this, you all. Christianity, it is 100% God-made. There is nothing that you and I can do to accomplish that. Now, are we to live like Christ and follow his example? Yeah, but in all of your doing, in all of your getting and being, without Jesus, you still don't make it. Y'all got that? Because there's a lot of different opinions and religious teachings in society today. And so that's why I love that we get to do this together. Most of the people today, uh, I shouldn't say most, all of the people today so far, unless somebody gets born again today and decides to get in the tank, but they've already confessed Jesus. This is an act of honoring God because he told us to do it. But let me go ahead and, and eliminate some confusion for you because some people think if you don't do this, you don't make it. No, that's not biblical. You believe in your heart and you confess Jesus, you are born again. And if you breathe your last before you get to the tank, you're still born again. You got me? But if you are breathing and there is a tank, Then get in the tank. It's real simple. Come on. Because when we do, we honor Jesus. So today as we worship around the table, as we celebrate with our family, as they make this bold declaration, as we, as we honor our king, huh? I want you to remember his sacrifice. I want you to remember what he did at the crucifixion for us. Realize this today. That what Jesus did is much more than our passage to heaven. You're a new creation in Christ. Truth is, we have been, the moment you accept Jesus into your life, you're born again. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus alone makes you and I worthy to stand in God's presence. And we stand there as heirs to the kingdom because of what Jesus did for us. The suffering that he did in his human body made an opportunity for everyone that chooses to believe him to be born again. It's really a pretty cool thing because on any given day, you all can relate to this. Maybe this was you this weekend. You didn't act all Christian. Wasn't it you? ain't quiet. I know y'all probably got it together. I may need to try the church down the street. I know y'all got it. But I am telling you, man, there are days that we don't act as Christian. That... <laughs> but it's on those days that because of Jesus, we still are the righteousness of God in Christ. Huh? Now, are the things that we do, do they cost us? Well, absolutely. You know, when you do dumb things. There is consequence, you know. 
I sewed the other day. Of course, my staff is really helping me with certain things that I eat. Why y'all laughing at that? <laughs> Here's the thing. And, and sometimes they're successful. Other times, Andrew, they not. You know, you ever told them, well, I'm going to do what I want? Huh? You ever told Haley that? Woman, I do what I He's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she may have, you know, she, she may have a little Leslie come out of her. <laughs> are, y- are, y'all, are you picking on them? Yeah, but they've been around me a long. I've watched them grow up. I'm not going to pick on you if I don't know you, so be cool. All right? <laughs> but once you get to know me, it's on. Yeah? But here's the thing. I knew not to do it, and I wanted it bad. I'm like, and they're all talking about it, you know, ice cream. I I guarantee you Derek's probably got something in the refrigerator right now. Oh, really? Oh. (laughs) I was going to say I'm proud of you, but he said, no, I just ate it all. (laughs) But but Paula said, you know what it's going to do to you if you eat it. Say consequence. Guys, you know there are consequences, but that being said, that's not, your salvation is not in question because you did something you know you shouldn't have done. That's the blood of Jesus. So often we discredit the blood of Jesus with our religious denominational philosophies. It's Jesus alone that has made us these new creations. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, Paul is addressing the church in his letter about who we are in Christ. And he's talking about our our new lives in him and being part of the body of Christ and the sacrifice that Jesus made. And in verse 14, he says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Now, obviously, you didn't die physically. But spiritually, you become a new person. He goes on to say this, and he, referring to Jesus, he died for all that those who live should live. I'm going to slow down on this. Those who live should live no longer for who? For themselves. But man, don't we? Don't we live for ourselves so often it is all about? Me. He said that Jesus died for all so that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Now, Paul is telling the church about their situation that he's not doing this. or He's not looking at people any longer in regard to the flesh, but he's also instructing us as those born of that same kingdom born in Christ, that we no longer judge people. We no longer look at them according to the flesh. What's that mean? That means according to your carnal nature. Because we we can't help but look at each other in the flesh. We in the flesh. What, What Paul wants us to understand, what the Lord wants us to do today, is stop looking at what people are, what they do, what they say, how they treat you, what they've done to you. You look past that and you see with the eyes of Jesus. You see through the lens of love and you walk in love with people. You're you're patient with people. You're merciful and graceful with people. Why? Because people are like you. Y'all doing really good this morning, I'm going to tell you. 
Yeah. People, we understand, and, and you have to realize because of this fallen nature that we have to deal with every day, we, we need to learn to look at people through the eyes of Christ. We, and even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. Well, how do you get in? Real simple. You believe in your heart. And you confess with your mouth, and you're born again. You're in. Now, let me, let me address this issue for a second. Because all of us in this room, everyone that is in Christ, we are all at different levels in our journey of faith. Every one of us are walking in different levels of revelation and truth. This is why you have to stop being so critical of other people, because they're not where you think they should be. I bet Jesus looks at the Father sometimes and like, Lord, I know you've told him a hundred times. We're not where the Lord, are you with me? See, all of us are still growing. All of us are still clay on the potter's wheel. And if you're willing to do that, embracing the fact that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Watch this. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm trying, I'm trying to mess with her. She got on me before service. She said, you, because evidently I don't smile when I'm preaching. You know, I'm, I'm not a politician, so I'm not, I don't have that down yet. <laughs> but but maybe, maybe I should practice. It even feels weird to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, my face is like, it's, Anyway. But when you look at this statement that the old things have passed away, he's not talking about your human old things. Because if the old things had passed away, then my old habits would have passed away. And they didn't. Any of you got old habits that still haunt you? Yeah, man. I mean, they will wear you out. You remember what you did? I mean, we were, I don't know where we were the other day, and this song came on, and I hadn't heard it since I was a teenager. And you know what's crazy? I think it was, uh, I don't know where I was. Oh, I was at the dentist's office. And it was, uh, it wasn't Van Halen, but it was one of them. It might have been ACDC. I can't remember now. But I'm, in, but I'm in there. She's working on my teeth. And in my mind, I'm singing every word to this. And I didn't even have a screen with words on it. How does that work? Yeah, they get in there. The things of God will do the same thing to your life as a new creation. If you'll put that in, it'll work for you. See, and here's the thing about communion. It really is this divinely inspired opportunity of revelation from the Father. When you're sitting there in that reverent moment and you, you check out from everything else around you. This is why I love to do it as a family. And this is why I like to talk about it before you do it because it's fresh in your thinking. You take that, that small moment in time and you step over into eternity and you fellowship with the Father. It's the most amazing thing that he made this little act uh, in the natural to be such a spiritual, impactful reality. And what it does is it will allow anyone that will, that's willing to do this to, to see exactly what Jesus accomplished through his broken body and his shed blood. See, I want you walking out of here today thinking new creation when everything isn't going right. 
when you get the bad report, when you were believing for this one thing and it didn't happen, when somebody told you something you didn't like, when you don't get your way, when all of those things happen, that's when you need to take a minute and realize that God is going to bring you through that because he's still got you. You are a new creation in Christ, and none of the things going on around you, that's why the Apostle Paul says, guys, none of these things move me. And the things that he's referring to are the things that people, the things that the Roman government, the things that the religious world of that day was doing to Paul for preaching the gospel. I mean, there, were, there was this sect of religious demonic people that were following the Apostle Paul around everywhere he went trying to destroy what he did. They would have hit squads waiting outside cities to kill him for preaching. You know that kind of stuff still goes on in other countries right now. Right now, there are, if you, there are countries, if you were to go preach and you didn't preach something that the government approved of you preaching, they show up at your house, man. I know you think, wow, that's out of some Clancy movie. No, that's right now going on. Thank God we live where we live. Yeah? But I want you today in that humility, reverencing Jesus when you have these elements to acknowledge what he did for you. See, one of the greatest things I love about communion is that when you, when you take part in it, it helps you to reflect on those things. It helps you to step back and self-evaluate. It helps you to look at where God brought you from. See, I remember where God brought me from. I thank God all the time that he, he, he was patient with me. And he sent... Boots, That's the, that, that was the guy's name, was Boots. I, that wasn't his real name, but I don't know, I only knew him by Boots. But he sent Boots, and Boots wouldn't let up, man. He would pray for me nonstop. Hey, are you, Billy, he would pray for me in front of people. Is that crazy? I know some of you are like, well, I would never. I know that's why you're here today, to be reminded of some things. God wants to take you outside your comfort zone a little bit. Some of you all need to practice praying. What, what, yeah, but what if I don't do it right? Well, you probably won't. Tracy and I both have had people over the years ask us, we, we'll, we'll be in a situation, they're like, would you pray? I don't know, I guess if you're, if you're a, a pastor and the pastor's wife, you walk around with this sign on your head. If you need prayer, here we are. But they're... they're no, there's no scripture like that. We're all supposed to do it. But we've had people ask us, can you write, after we pray, and can you write that prayer down for us? Now listen, because we've just learned how over the years to pray. Some people aren't comfortable with it because you never do it unless you're in a 911. Right? And so as you learn these principles, and one of the things communion does is it takes you back to those moments. It reminds you, hey man. Just like when God got you back then, he's got you now. Yeah? He'll bring you through those challenging, difficult seasons in your life. But here's what I want you to understand. This is, the, this is this reality when I said I want you thinking new creation. I want this in your thinking today. Understand we are not just citizens of heaven. But now that in and of itself is really a pretty cool reality, that you're a citizen of heaven. You ever thought about that? A citizen of heaven. Most of us today, we probably don't even think about citizen of the United States, do we? We're just used to it. We've gotten comfortable with it. We take it for granted because this is all we've ever known. 
And a lot, of, a lot of people in our culture today, because it's all you've ever known, you really don't know reality going on in the world because this is all you've ever known. And thank God for what we have. But you know, there was a time in history when it cost somebody something to, to, to provide what we have. It cost them their lives. And here's, you have to realize that God doesn't want us taking for granted that we are a citizen of heaven. He wants us to be fully aware and engaged that we are a citizen of heaven. Why? Because we, number two, we are heirs of the kingdom and joint heirs with the king. The things he has, they're ours. <laughs> and then lastly, because we are citizens of heaven and because we are heirs to the throne of the kingdom, he has called and appointed us ambassadors of the king. We are supposed to represent him in the break room, at the checkout line, at the ball game. Gravy in traffic. He wants us to represent him. Never out of some legalistic religious approach. You do understand that because that's all fake. But as this thing gets in you, Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. See, an apple tree doesn't have to force apples. An apple tree produces apples. And when you drive by an apple tree, you're like, oh, that's an apple tree. Jesus said, you'll know a tree by its fruit. When, when you're a co-worker, you don't have to force the things of the kingdom. You just have to conform to them. When that transformation takes place and you yield to being the, an heir to the throne of heaven, when you embrace am, your ambassadorship, it's at those moments in your journey of faith that God will use you on any given day, in any location, at any time, should you be ready. That's why Paul told the young minister, Timothy, he said, son, you be ready, instant. You be ready in season and out of season. Ready to do what? To preach. Yeah, but I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. The word just means proclaim. Go tell it. Huh? And there's no better place to be reminded than right here today. As we gather around the Lord's table, as we take a moment to reverence him and what he did for us in the book of Colossians now I, I want to Paul I didn't give you these scriptures but I'm on so if you if you'll find Colossians I want to start oh my goodness if I you know how it is you find one and you keep and then you keep see so you keep going back and you got another next thing you know you're in chapter one <laughs> well let's start in verse nine of chapter one y'all okay all right, for this reason, since the day that we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you and ask that you be filled with the knowledge. Now, this is Paul praying for this young church, writing here, writing for us today. That you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you be filled, that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Is that something? Man, if you took this passage right here and meditated it, he says, giving thanks to the, verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has, say has, he has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. 
Verse 13, and he has, say has, and he has delivered us from the power of darkness and he's conveyed us into the kingdom of his son. That's right now. He's transferred you and I into the kingdom of his son. And then in verse 22, he says this. This is out of the New Living and I really like this. He says, now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. Yeah, I know. I can tell by your response you've got a revelation on that. I want you to listen to those words. I want you to take that home and meditate that passage. He has brought you into his own presence But he's not done. He's getting ready to put the icing on the cake. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. What? Oh, no. You know, it was Saturday. Last night was Saturday night. You know where I was. No, I don't, praise the Lord. But make no mistake, Jesus does. He was with you, huh, at the club. (laughs) Pastor, are you saying that Christians go to the club? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm saying, (laughs) huh? And what God wants you to understand, now does he, is, is he signing off on you living carnal and doing, no, I just talked to you about that a while ago. We put on the, you know, and I'm going to go into a little more detail about that. But what he wants you to understand in your, remember what I told you, think new creation. You are born again. You're not a religious person. You're not a denomination. You're a new creation in Christ. And you have to think that way. And in the eyes of God, your born again nature, your spirit is made in his likeness, in his his image. And you stand in his presence holy and blameless before him. In Romans chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible says that since we have been, say have been. Since we have been made right in God's sight, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. See, this is the wonderful thing about Christianity. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, preacher, are you saying that I can do anything I want to and be a Christian? I am absolutely not saying that. Because if you're a Christian and you start putting the things of God into practice in your life, you're going to change. From glory to to glory, a transformation will take place. But he had to go ahead and make you right in order for you to even come into his prep. Y'all need to hear this today because religion will beat the heck out of this stuff. Like, oh, no, that's not true. It is 100% true. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what he did. This is the greatest thing about Jesus. This is the wonderful thing about communion. It reminds us that it is 100% God-made. If you touch the glory in any, in, in any facet, you're unqualified because you think you can do it. That's actually what Moses did when he struck the rock. That's why he didn't get to go in because he, he tried to do something that was God's role. This is the thing, guys. When we let people realize this and we're not beating them up with our Bible all the time, you better get right, you better do right. You better get right and you better do right. And, Huh? They don't want anything to do with that. But when they see you and all your junk and you're honest with them and you tell them, you know what? Yeah, man, 
I don't have it all together. But my king, my savior, Jesus, he got it, he's got it all together. And it is only because of him that I can stand in front of you and tell you. That's why the apostle Paul, a religious pharisaical terrorist that killed Christians before he met Jesus, now says, it is only by God's grace that I do the things I do. Because if he were to reflect back on some of his past life, well, no way. Huh? Something else that you want to keep in mind when you're in the word. I, I love Paul's letters to the church, First and Second Corinthians especially. Those are really wonderful letters with so much teaching in them. But something else that I want to highlight about Paul writing in this, in this letter to the Corinthian church is that he's reminding us that not only has God reconciled us to himself, but he's also, Cody, he's also given us the ministry of reconciliation. See, you're supposed to bridge the gap. You're supposed to go out into the world and be the salt and be the light. Not, not the church police. Huh? Not, 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 no. Listen, most people, most people know when they're doing wrong. They, they don't need somebody that thinks there's something they're not coming to tell them. They know they're doing wrong. And a lot of times what will happen because of your light, because of your relationship with Jesus, when you get in their presence, the convicting power of God is just present. You don't have to say anything. They'll be like, what you looking at me like that for? Huh? I didn't do anything. That's the presence of God. It works that way. It's the coolest thing ever. See, that's why you don't have to get on people. That's why God tells us repeatedly to love people. Because when you love them, what will happen? I can remember over the years being in different circles and, and in conversations with people. And, and, and a lot of the people, they, they're not believers. And in the beginning, Derek, I try not to drop the pastor card too quick. Because once you, once you Scott, once you drop the pastor card... It's over, man. They're like, oh, I'm, River, I'm sorry. Because they were cussing up a storm when I first got there. But then you drop the pastor card, and then all of a sudden, oh. And they walk around on eggshells because they don't want to say nothing because the preacher. So I try not to drop the pastor card too soon. I just, I just go in kind of stealth and listen and sit there and listen and just wait for my opportunity. Because you know, if you're believing God for opportunity, you know what he's going to give you? Opportunity. And so you don't have to force it. You're like, okay, God, I'm ready. You know, I'm full. I got all this, what, you know, what you, what you want, who you want me on today. And you just look and you're ready. You, you're ready to go. Huh? And you don't have to force it. You don't have to be all religious. You don't have to go John the Baptist on them and shouting from the mountaintop. No, you just show up and be ready. And then when it comes, the Spirit of the Lord will lead you. You see that day when Jesus was standing in front of all the Sadducees and Pharisees and some of the believers and disciples was there, and he gets up to read. And he didn't have a prepared sermon. He was being led. He goes to the prophet Isaiah, and he stands in front of all of them, and he says, today the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to preach the gospel. 
And he goes into that, and then he shuts the book, and then he says, this scripture is me. And then they wanted to kill him. The religious world did. But my point in telling you that Jesus didn't go in forcing an agenda. He waited to be led. He waited for opportunity for the leading of the Spirit in that situation because he knew, at, guys, he knew at some point he had to go public. Just like you all today, at, you know, you've known that this thing's been here since we had this building. But today you're going public. And it is this bold declaration, and all of hell has to stand at attention and watch today as you acknowledge that I belong to Jesus. It is the coolest thing. I know, I know in and of itself it's just water. I have, listen, I have baptized people in creeks, in oceans, in swimming pools, in baptism tanks, in hot tubs. I was at a house one night, and, and you know, we were over there fellowshipping, and I, I don't know if you were there with me or not, honey, but we were talking about stuff. They, they were just asking me for different things, and I was talking about baptism, and, and they're like, I want to be baptized. Of course, back then, you know, uh, I don't remember where we were. I don't know if we even had this then. And, and uh, I begin to tell them a little bit about it, and I'm like, well, we can do that. And then the husband said, well, we got a hot tub out back right now. I'm like, well, you know, it was like Philip and the eunuch. I mean, we got some water. Is this, will this work? And I'm like, let's go. It'll work. <laughs> Boom. Huh? There is no religious order of this, man. If you got some water, get it done, brother. Well, the preacher needs to, No, the preacher doesn't have to do it. No. That's all religious stuff that's been passed down through the generations. Why am I telling you all this? Because today as you take the time to reverence Jesus and you have these little elements in your hand. What's going to happen is the Spirit of the Lord is going to stir inside you because you are born again. And when you get to the place where you've kind of, if, if you've developed the habit of thinking God thoughts more often, let me say it like this. I want to encourage you to practice living. Listen to me now. Practice living more God inside minded. Now, I want, you, I want you to take a second with this because so often I'll say something and it just hits the back wall. And you're like, oh, yeah. Mm, or you're like, mm. <laughs> no. Practice living more God inside minded because when you do, not out of legalism, not out of religious obligations, but when you practice living more God inside, Monday, inside minded on a Monday, you're going to respond different to the situation if you're practicing. Because if you, if you are fully aware, because I can tell you from my own experience, but as a pastor even more so, most of us, we're not aware that God's with us when we're getting ready to say the thing, do the thing. We don't think about that, do we? But if you start practicing, I mean, man, if, if you could look, if you could look over, John, if you could look over and see Jesus, oh, yeah, you'd act a little different. I know y'all think you're cool. Oh, no, me and Jesus, we tight. Yeah. If I looked over and saw him right now and I'm preaching, he's like, Gary, go, go on, sit down. I'll take it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, sir. Practice this. See, one of the things that communion does is it refreshes our thinking. 
it gives us this new perspective because communion stands as this eternal reminder of what he did. It, it takes us back to his broken body. It takes us back to his shed blood. Jesus gives each of us this wonderful life in him that's completely made by him. And through grace, or by grace through faith, we learn to yield to the new life. But it's by grace through faith. You actually have to believe this stuff. You have to believe that Jesus came to the planet. You have to believe that he actually died on the cross. You have to believe that he rose from, you have to believe it. And, and when I say that, that doesn't mean that you, you, you prove it because you can't prove it. Are you with me? Nobody can really prove the things of God. But when you believe them and you speak them, there is power in the words of God. This is why Paul makes statements like this. And this is, you've heard me say this many times, but it is one of the most radical things that Paul said in his writings to the New Testament church. He said, it is no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And then he makes this statement, and the life that I now live in him, I live by faith in him. Isn't that a powerful thing? If you have that assurance in the back of your mind that when you, sh Billy, when you show up on your job, Jesus shows up. The anointing shows up. The power of God shows up in your life. Why? Not, not, not to be some preacher, to be this anointed boss. I heard a preacher years ago. I don't know if you all heard of Rod Parsley or not, but he's a, he's a Holy Ghost fire baptized. Just He preached fire from him. I mean, you know. But he, he tells this story. He had this... Uh, office assistant one time and he comes into the office and, and she's all crying and she's all spiritual and he says what is wrong with you and she said oh master the anointing is all over me he said well then type woman your secretary <laughs> see the God will anoint you to do the th see some of y'all got it some of you like what no, God will anoint you on your job to be you. See, everybody can't be a preacher or a worship leader. Everybody can't do what BJ does. You know what God needs? God needs, God need, Billy, God needs anointed factory runners, managers, people in charge. He need, you know what God needs? He needs anointed people working the drive-thru. Huh? Cody, he needs anointed bankers. This is the thing, guys. We, we, get, we get out of our box sometimes we're wanting some supernatural thing. No, you already are supernatural. You're born again. You are a new creation. Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. And so in the morning when you show up, it's Christ in you showing up. You don't have to go try to impress them with the scripture. Let me add this. Y'all okay? All right. I want you to realize this today. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to you doing and being, one of the greatest things that, that, that you can realize is that is when, when, the, when you know that it is grace in you doing it, you are who you are because of him. You step out by faith and you trust that he's gonna, he's gonna do his part. So realize that when you're out there and you're doing that and you're not, 
you're, you're concerned about doing it right all the time. Stop it. Huh? Just step out and do it. And when you step out and do it, th this is going to help some of you tremendously today. Stop trying to remember the scripture reference to where it's at. Matter of fact, let me take that a step further. Some of you, stop, don't even say, well, the Bible says. You know, putting the Bible says in front of a scripture doesn't make it any more powerful. I don't know if you realize that or not. I know some of you think, well, like, well, it's Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the prophet said, thus says the Lord. Well, first, you ain't a prophet. Okay? So when you step out and say something, if you say the word of God, you don't have to say the Bible says, you just say the word of God. The word of God is powerful no matter how you preface it, no matter how you package it, huh? if you introduce it as thus says the Lord. Well, first of all, they're gonna look at you like what? Huh? Just say what the Bible says. So the word of God, I'm telling you, it is a spiritual reality, it works. And so as you step out this week, see this week, some of you all are going to step out this week. Today for you as you're around the Lord's table and you've got those little elements in your hand. It's at that point that you're going to take a second and reflect back. And you're going to reverence Him and you're going to honor Him. See, this is why you can never underestimate the transforming power of what Jesus did. I love it because he took he took somebody like me. Nobody. Huh? I mean, my life was so jacked up. I was talking with somebody last week, kind of telling them my story a little bit because I didn't want to come to Georgetown. And we were talking, and I'm like, I didn't want to come to Georgetown. And the Lord said, you're going to Georgetown. I'm like, I don't want to go to Georgetown. See, I grew up in Georgetown. Part of my, you know, my high school years was in Georgetown. And I was pathetic. Like, Lord, I don't want to go to Georgetown. People, there's some people I went to school with and that, you know, I didn't do them right. And I, you know, that was, I'm like, Georgetown. And so I come to Georgetown and then I get the opportunity to leave Georgetown. And we go and pastor in Florence for three and a half years and we're up there and I'm, and, and you know, we can't get settled on anything. I'm like, what is going on, Lord? We're up there trying to find us a house and all these different things, nothing. I'm like, what is the deal here, Georgetown? I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to get away from Georgetown. You keep telling me Georgetown. I don't want, I do not want to go to Georgetown. You ever been hard-headed? Now, I know you're hard-headed with each other, but you ever been hard-headed with the Lord? And I know some of you know this story, but this is for somebody today that's hard-headed. Because eventually, you know, I'm, I'm, doing some work for Jack Sexton on a construction site and I told the Lord no I bet a hundred times I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and that day on the job site I'm by myself and I'm not saying I heard voices but it scared the heck out of me I dropped the saw and turned around and looked because it was that real and this is what the Lord said I told you to call Rama. Rama is who I'm affiliated with through my ministerial association. Call him now. Okay. After, you know, I got myself together and I wasn't scared anymore, 
Because I know, I know y'all would all be cool if the Lord spoke to you. Like, oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Well, I wasn't. And after I got it together, I called him, and I'm like, this is what's going on. And so we met, boom, boom, boom. Obviously, you know, here I am, Georgetown. Yeah, right? So understand today, when God starts working on you with some of these things, man, that just went massively. They, they type stuff on my screen sometimes. Man, I'm, it's, it's a good thing I read it first. What if I was one of those people who just read whatever was on the prompter? Listen, I, 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 I've been going a little bit too long. If you're here today and you are getting baptized, we've got people at the back doors ready to help you, direct you. But if you are getting baptized, go ahead and head to the back. They're waiting on you. They'll help you as far as what to do. It's a pretty big deal today, man. Some, some of the folks doing this. I love it. I love seeing young and old alike taking this step of faith, this bold declaration, whether it's the children or whoever it might be. And so we get to celebrate with them. Let me kind of give you some instructions real quick, parents, family members, loved ones. Once I turn things over to John in the tank, this is a, this is a special moment for you, so make yourself at home. Come up and gather around here. Take pictures. Be a part of this. We're, we're not all uptight about that stuff. We want you to, no, not only that, we also have Bree. We have a professional photographer that we'll have pictures available for you, but you may want some pictures of your own. Make yourself at home when you do those things. Amen? Now, for those of you that uh, have already gotten your communion elements, uh, let's go ahead. Tracy, can I have mine, please? Raise your hand if you haven't, if you came in and you didn't get one. Our ushers are in the back. If you didn't get one, just let them know. They'll take care of you. There's a couple up here, guys. One up front over here, Jimmy. Thank you, buddy. Praise Jesus. You know something? I love the Lord. He is, I mean, He is so merciful. And I know in and of itself, this little thing really it doesn't mean anything. But I absolutely love communion. I love this reverent little moment in time where we can sit down and honor Jesus. Now we can take that moment of quiet and reverence what he did for us. A real person, I want, you to, I want you to wrap your head around this. A real person left a world that you and I don't know and came to this one so we can have a life with him. He's the only way. And this little cup right here represents that, his broken body and his shed blood. The Apostle Paul gives us very clear instructions in his letter to the Corinthian church. He said, guys, Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup and they drank it and he said, do this in remembrance of me, of what I did. Today, as you have these elements, as we honor Jesus, do this, remembering the sacrifice he made for you. Let's go ahead and get our bread. 
Lord Jesus, today, this simple way for you. Man, I love you, Lord. Thank you so much for saving me. For all of us in this room, Lord, that have received your sacrifice, thank you, Jesus, for laying your body down to be beaten and broken so that our bodies can be healed and whole. For some of us today, we receive your healing that was paid for by your broken body. We honor you. We love you, Jesus. And we take this in remembrance of what you did for us in your precious name. Amen. Lord Jesus, the cup. Today we stand humbly in your presence as eternal beings, as new creations because of your blood that was shed for us. We choose to believe and embrace our eternity all because of your sacrifice. And today we worship you. We honor and give you glory. We remember. We take this in your remembrance, Jesus. And we thank you that we shall live forever with you in your precious name, amen. Now, if you're in the room today and you're here, you're watching us do all these things and you have never taken a step of faith, you've never asked Jesus into your life, well, let today be that day. Take a step. Give him a chance. Maybe you're listening or watching somewhere right now. Stop what you're doing for just a second. That, that thought rolling around in the back of your head, yeah, that's the Lord. He's pulling on your heart. He's, he's asking you, just give him a chance. We've made it as simple as we possibly can. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. We as a church family, we're going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you're here or if you're listening or watching, say the prayer with us. Take a step of faith. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Let's all say this together. Lord Jesus. Come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord, heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you said that prayer, if you're in the room, once service is over, stop by our information desk. We've got some gifts for you to help you in your journey of faith. Those of you listening or watching, you got to tell somebody. The greatest thing in your life just took place. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.